Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. So it's not a sin in your church to have an abortion? That's the kind of conversation we would have finding out your story, where you're from. God's the judge. People have to live to their own conviction. The science is clear. The Bible is clear. And if we're honest, our intuitions are clear. We know what we're killing. We're killing a human being. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we're off. It's the Wretched Radio mail call delivery bag Q&A infotainment nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Friel. Freakishly tall, Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio for the first time ever. I actually wish that opener were longer. Why? Have you ever had almond pretzels? Oh! Was just walking down the hallway, happened to see a bag of them sitting on, well, it was my daughter's desk, so they're free to me. <laughs> almond pretzels. I don't yeah. know what's... They're not almonds inside of the pretzel. It's like an almond butter. So they're good. Oh. I haven't had them. She's a big... And She's I'm a big evangelist for those. Yeah, you know, I got, uh, you know, I got that, and it, it, it's a <laughs> Friel, you could have flossed. You're right about that. But Jimmy, see this, this is going to be the worst illustration ever. This, I guarantee you. Believe me, I think I'm going to win the crown for the worst sermon illustration. Okay, you know. How the Lord takes really bad sinners, and, and you think that he doesn't have the power to change them uh-huh. because we love our sin. And, and then he gets he gets inside of us, regenerates us, and, and gives us a love for him. And the things we used to love, we hate, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Flossing. I used to love to floss. Oh, with the glide. Just oh, twice a day. Bring it out. Love the gloss. I haven't used gloss in months and months now. Uh, I'm a convert to the water pick. Oh, man. <laughs> Changes your life. See? See? <laughs> there. So getting saved and sanctified is a lot like flossing <laughs> okay. or water picking. See? Would you like to just get the crown out of the box and put it on my head? Uh, yeah, it's Alrighty. on the way. <laughs> well deserved. <laughs> ID at wretched.org. If you've got a question, comment, conundrum, snark, don't forget the texter machine. 877 Two, two, three, two, three, three, seven. You almost goofed it up. No, no. Why did eight, seven, seven, two, eight, two, two, three, three, seven. There it is. Just trips right off the tongue, doesn't it? (laughs) All right. This is from Jason. Todd, I was baptized in 2019. And at the time I was not in a local church. I was a new Christian running around as a lone wolf. I was baptized by my boss in his Creek with my Roman Catholic parents as witnesses. I'm not even sure the man who dunked me is really saved now. <laughs> Should I concern myself with getting baptized now that I'm a member of a true and biblically sound church? That's the, the key word is efficacy. What makes a baptism a baptism? Is it the individual who performs the ceremony or is it the one who is being obedient? And I think the answer is obvious. Were you being an obedient believer by saying, all right, they're going to look dorky to the world, but I'm willing to identify myself with Jesus Christ because he's willing to identify himself with me. I'm going to go under. It's a picture of death to self, new life in Christ, the death of Jesus raised to new life. That is the picture. And that's why I'm going to be obedient. Who does it? Makes no difference. 
because it's not about the one who performs the ceremony. It is about the one who is being obedient. 877-282-2337. All right, uh, Todd, what do you call a snowman with a six-pack? <laughs> what do you call a snowman with a six-pack? You're not going to answer? The, it, this, <laughs> there's something so weird about this. Why? Because I, I just watch it. And I know I'm going to groan at the joke. <laughs> You're going to love but it. But watching you take such delight in it where you can't even set it up as if it's like a letter or something. Because you're you're just so giddy about this dopey joke we're about to hear. Okay, what's the setup again? What do you call a snowman with a six-pack? I don't know, Jimmy. What do you call a snowman with a six-pack? An abdominal snowman. <laughs> it's hilarious. Not an abominal, but I got it. I got the joke. Just didn't think it was that funny. Oh, you need some help. <laughs> One of us does. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty clear. All right. This is from Sarah. Todd, I haven't been to church for months. This is because here in my country, Ghana, the word of faith, prosperity uh -huh. gospel is rampant. But I do feel very convicted for ignoring fellowship, so I try to satisfy my conscience by listening to sermons sure. from solid teachers. Yep. But I do still feel burdened. What should I do? Yeah, that that that's rough. First of all, the Lord understands your scenario. He also understands that it is good that you desire those things. So my encouragement without putting a big old yoke on your shoulders would be to figure out a way to make that happen. Maybe there's not a good church near you. Is there a church within Orthodox? Now, look, this is we're talking about pretty extreme stuff. So if you happen to be in a zip code, it is super bleak. And it's like, ah, oh, that isn't that just you got to find the best church you can that's orthodox and go. You say, but I don't really benefit from it. Yes, you do. And yes, you will. In fact, you might grow even more because you're having to spend time and doing things with individuals that you have a disagreement with. And, and don't we all need help with that? I, I disagree with somebody and I'm supposed to still like them? Go to church together? Yeah! I don't, I don't know if that's an Achilles for you, but wow, don't we all feel that? And you will be able to strengthen that Achilles muscle. I think it's a muscle. If you keep going to church with people that you have disagreements with and you will grow. I'm not talking about a church that is not orthodox. Find the best one that you can. Or you, you start hanging out with other, find other believers. There are in Ghana, and probably in your zip code, there are other believers who are like-minded. Start hanging with them. Start doing Bible studies together. And you say, don't have that either. All right. And remember now, we're, I'm not going to put a yoke on anybody when we don't have a, 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 a command that, no, you got to do it this instant. Okay, start cultivating that. Start, start making friends with people. Maybe they need to hear the gospel and get saved and then start discipling them and boom, you're having fellowship. And then all of a sudden it's six of you. And then all of a sudden you're starting to go, whoa, we could actually have a local church going on here. So don't forsake it. I know it's hard, but it is, it is good medicine for us to be in fellowship with other believers. So figure out how you, where you are, can do that. Because if you don't have that face-to-face, one-anothering with one another, 
you're just you you cannot be as strong as you could be. Jimmy, you got anything else to add to that? No, I think that's a pretty good. I, I feel that I like that. You know, it's funny <laughs> how sometimes we can we can talk about a subject and not not realize how hard it is for that guy. Mm. So everything I just said, I, I I wouldn't be shocked nor offended if he was like, easy for you to say, pal. Near in Atlanta, there's churches there. You can find light. I got that. I get it. So I, I'm not trying to be glib about it. I'm just trying to encourage you. You got to do it. You got to, if, if it's not there for you to participate in, then you, you really have to work on making that happen and be encouraged. The Lord has rightly cause that stirring in you because you know how important that is and and you desire that, but he's got you there. Now, there's an option. You can move. And that, by the way, that would be another option. You can move to a place where there is a good church, and many Christians have done that. Or maybe God providentially has you there so that you can start to cultivate a good church. So be encouraged either way. 877-282- Two three three seven, and the Achilles is the largest and strongest tendon in the human body. It's a tendon. It's not a muscle. Okay, hot shot, yeah, just... joke slinger. <laughs> Define for me the difference between a tendon and a muscle. Go. I uh, don't know. I can't. I cannot do that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just know what an Achilles tendon. Is. I think it has something to do. Doesn't the tendon kind of keep the muscle in place or connected to the bone, so it moves the stuff around? Yes. I don't know. Got medical questions? <laughs> don't send them to 877 Please don't. Uh, Todd, recently you were studying, es- or you said that studying eschatology may prove to become increasingly important. I have a few questions. Why study eschatology? And if, and if it's so uncertain or debated as it is, why study it in depth? Be, this, again, I'm not trying to be glib because it's in the Bible. And if it's important enough to be in the Bible, then it's important enough for me. And I've, I've said this multiple times. If there's any ology that I struggle to focus on, it's eschatology. I hope it's not a sinful lack of desire. It's just a little harder for me to like dig it because it's so complex. I've got my position. I hold to it. I'm pretty firmly convinced at this point. But, but, but it's difficult. It's a difficult subject. But the Lord wants us to dive in. And the reason that I think it's going to be increasingly important is your eschatology, to a degree, will inform how you engage with our culture. Here's the, here's the question. Are we here to make culture better for the return of Jesus? Or are we here knowing that things aren't going to get better, but we preach the gospel to expand his kingdom? That's the eschatological application question right there. So whatever your eschatology is, we'll have something to say with your cultural engagement. So let's all study it, but let's all make sure that we do it uh, holding it somewhat loosely. This is Wretched Radio. Okay, so imagine that you're inside of a maze and every corner that you take, there's another wall, there's another obstacle, and you finally get to the point of frustration where you think you're never going to get out. But then imagine a different scenario. You're still inside that maze, but every corner you take is a guide who has a flashlight and is saying, nope, 
that's the right way to go. And in that scenario, we welcome you to Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford. And whether you've listened or not, you'll realize really quickly it's not your everyday radio show. Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford takes issues that many, if not all of us, struggle with. And it matches them up to hope and healing through the pages of the Bible. It is genuinely an entirely new perspective. New episodes drop every Saturday morning in your favorite podcast spot or at transformed.org slash podcast transformed with dr greg gifford i believe in a culture of life one of the most impactful moments of my life was when i heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids the sonogram or the the pictures that are taken of babies still a profoundly helpful tool which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting preborn ministries preborn ministries and their network clinics they are giving away free ultrasounds to women but they do cost something it's 28 dollars an ultrasound and just as you heard governor DeSantis say his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby be in the womb when you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat. Would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, hey, thank you so much for listening to Wretched Radio today. Now, if you have ever clicked by at wretched.org and picked up one of our many resources that you'll find there, thank you so much for supporting our ministry. But why stop with a single purchase? Because listen, we know that this is not true of everybody. We know everybody's not in a place in their life where they can do this. But if you are in a good place in your life right now and you could take and transform those transactions into a partnership as a ongoing monthly gospel partner, you don't realize the number of people you can help us reach. As an ongoing monthly gospel partner, your support does more than just keep the lights on around here and helps us to touch lives all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we want to thank you for prayerfully considering this partnership. You can get all of the information and all of the answers to any questions you could possibly ever have about what it would look like in your life to becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Names of God. We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. One name is Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. A good shepherd protects, directs, provides and cares for his sheep. Jesus called Himself the Good Shepherd, who lays His life down for His sheep. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. What are you doing, Don? Quiet. I'm releasing. Releasing what? Uh, Apparently pretty much everything, according to Joel Osteen. This is Wretched Radio. Perhaps you've seen the tearful picture of Joel Osteen and his co-pastoring wife on stage. So excited that Lakewood Church has paid off a $100 million bank loan. Wow. That's a whole lot of cash. And while much could be said about that, I would simply like to share with you why ministries that bend in any way, shape, or form toward prosperity are not nice ministries. They're not nice. 
They look warm, welcoming, friendly, but the teaching is downright cruel. Quote from Pastor Osteen, what God's done for Lakewood, right? That's a massive complex people are sitting in. Lights, cameras, expensive suits. What God has done for Lakewood by paying off a $100 million loan, he's going to do in your life. Oh, I believe in 2024, you'll see God release you from some things that have held you back. Release you from debt. Release you from addiction, relationship, from wrong mindsets. I just believe this will be the year of release. <laughs> trying to release. What's holding? Trying you? to release stuff. What's right holding here. you back, there, Todd? Now these these people who are struggling. There are people who are hurting. Finance. Come on. I I I don't care what our president says. This economy ain't getting any better. People are struggling. Who of us isn't altering their lifestyle? I mean, there's some people I suppose the Lord is blessed and this doesn't ding them. But pretty much all of us are feeling the financial pressure of an economy that is really expensive. The inflation is nuts. The prices aren't coming down. And he's promising them, I just really feel like he's going to do this for you. Now, what happens when he doesn't? Hey. Joel said, God was going to do this for me. Now, if these individuals have been trying to perform in order to get God's release, how angry do you think they might be? I am in debt still. Why don't I have more money in the bank? I've been obedient. Besides, he promised that God was going to release me from all of these things in 2024. Can you imagine anybody being perhaps damaged by this false teaching? Um, but that isn't why this false teaching, that isn't the worst reason this false teaching is bad. It hurts people. That's bad. It's worse that he misrepresents God. That's the worst part. And we see an awful lot of these individuals on TV. They're making inroads. This is the, this is the fastest growing expression of Christianity in the world. I don't Talk to somebody from a foreign country. And we even read this in Christianity Today, remember? Christianity Today, hey, the fastest growing religion in the world, the expression is of the prosperity bent. The, the faith, because people are desperate and they're hurting and they're being lied to and the rug is going to get pulled out from underneath them and they're going to be bitter and their latter end will be worse than the first. So make no mistake about it. This teaching is not innocuous. It hurts people, and it, if you will, damages God's his his character and his reputation. That ain't nice. But it would be nice if you send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched. Dot org. All right, this is from Anonymous who texts in and uh, asks, Todd, uh, there is a popular worship song that you likely know. One of the lyrics, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. This phrase has always bothered me. If we are the church, then the Holy Spirit is already here in our midst. Am I being too critical? Uh, what is this? Do you know what song that is? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. I think the name of the song is actually Holy Spirit. Okay, do you have the lyrics for that? I uh, know, but I'll get them real quick. Yeah, get those lyrics real quick because... I think it might depend on the context. Uh, he doesn't need our permission. 
So if the song is saying, okay, we open up the door so you can come in, or if the song indicates you're not here until we ask you, and well, that would be wrong. And I've, I've heard that. So Lord, we just invite you to be in this place. Well, no, you, you don't need to do it. He is in this place. I think a more accurate statement would be, Lord, because you are the omnipresent God, we know you are with us. Thank you for allowing us to be in your presence. Accept this as an act of worship to you, which is paltry at best. That that would be more accurate. Jimmy, what 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 are the lyrics to the song? So the 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 chorus, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill yeah, the atmosphere. Okay, okay. okay. No, I okay. No, 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 <laughs> okay. no, no. Flood this place and fill the atmosphere. What does that mean? What does that mean? Is there an atmosphere odometer where we can check how much of the Holy Spirit is present? He's fully present. He's fully there. This, this is lingo that is it's just not it's just not biblical. And so much of this type of teaching has made its way into the church through music like this. That 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 we've been taught about the you know flood the, getting the environment right, flooding with your warmth and your embrace from the flowing of the anointing of the river with the fire. That all came in through music, and it has really lowered the guard of evangelicals. Now, having said that, we always need to be careful because when we see a movement that goes about the business of taking anything biblical, whether it's they've got it accurate or not, and just kind of blowing it up, we then can respond by going, we're not going near that. And I think that's actually happened regarding the Holy Spirit, that we, because we've seen, if, if there's any member of the Trinity that has been more abused, most abused, it is the Holy Spirit from the very groups that say we're all about the Holy Spirit. Because right out of the gate, that is wrong. Because the Holy Spirit isn't about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is about Jesus. So a ministry that focuses on the Spirit doesn't even understand the role and the work of the Spirit. And because of all of these abuses, what do we do? Let's not talk about the Holy... Be honest. If you've been exposed to enough of that sort of teaching... You hear the Holy Spirit. Tell me your radar doesn't just kind of go beep, 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 beep. What? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What are we doing talking about the Holy Spirit here? Well, he's the third person of the Trinity, and we can and should. So let's not whiplash into another ditch, and let's, 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 let's not not focus on the third member of the Trinity. Okay. At Alpharetta Bible Church, Jimmy, you wouldn't notice this because you don't go to that church. <laughs> I do not. But Jason, uh-huh. who's an elder of the church, you you haven't heard him pray this, but you're going to pick up on this immediately. So he'll he'll say a prayer. And by the way, he is such a good prayer. It's really agitating how good he is at that. He he will end the, in the name of your son and by your spirit. Now. You don't have to say that to somehow make the prayers efficacious. Jesus handles that. But did you catch the by your spirit? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, by your spirit. 
It's a Trinitarian prayer. Let's make sure we don't lose our balance, fall into the non-Holy Spirit, conservative Bible-believing Christians, because, um, well, that would be a ditch. Idea at wretched.org. All right, this is from William. Uh, Todd, I have a co-worker who I recently overheard talking about being afraid of dying. Do you have any tips on how I can evangelize to her? It's right up on a tee. Why are you afraid to die? Are you concerned about what's on the other side? Can I tell you something, friend? You really should be. Because you're going to meet God face to face. And the books of your life are going to be opened. Have you ever considered what he's going to read on the pages of your life? Will, Will he have recorded all of those things that you've done that you're kind of ashamed about and you wish nobody knew about? He does. And it's going to be exposed. And you'll have to give an account. Oh, friend. I don't blame you for being afraid. Honestly, you should be terrified. In fact, did you know that the Bible says that that we've got an innate fear of death? But did you know that the Bible also says that there is a way for you to overcome that fear of death? Through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, who never sinned, whose pages aren't just white. They're filled with righteousness. And he died for you, for sinners like you and me. He rose again, and his perfect life is a book filled with righteousness that can be given to you. But you must respond to this great news by repenting and putting your trust in Jesus Christ. And if you will do that, you ain't got nothing to fear. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. We start in Ohio where a pastor faced criminal charges this week for sheltering homeless people at his church. Yeah, I didn't misread that. The city's overflow shelter ran out of beds during the winter, and the reverend allowed struggling folks to take refuge in the fellowship hall of the church. Yet, for showing basic decency and actually caring about people, you know, the things that pastors and, well, and Christians are supposed to do, well, the city accuses him of safety code violations, and now he faces criminal charges. How's that for the world we're living in, huh? Well, in education madness, a teacher flaunted his progressive virtue signaling on TikTok while he celebrated a child who embraced gender identity. Sure, there was no grooming there, right? Video shows the guy glowing about a student announcing themselves as, quote, non-binary. And, uh, well, critics blasted his predatory grooming while administrators, you know, they just ignore such antics. And in Minnesota, assisted suicide legislation has advanced again. Now one committee vote from the full Senate. If it passes, the bill will allow terminally ill patients to take lethal overdoses when deemed mentally competent. And in election news, a senator from Tennessee has introduced legislation that would end the census practice of counting illegal immigrants for House seat allotment. The bill would ensure only legal citizens shape representation, which potentially could shift more influence in heartland states versus sanctuary cities. Relatedly, out west, West Virginia lawmakers want stiffer penalties prosecuting public libraries who provide obscene content to minors. The proposed bill enables charging librarians criminally for unchecked pornography and graphic novels with child sexual content. 
And overseas, security forces in Ethiopia have detained 20 Christians over the last week during worship gatherings across the majority of that nation. The raids, mostly violent, disrupted services while assaulting and hauling away pastors and congregants. Again, as we tell you so frequently here at Wretched, please make sure that you are doing all that you can to pray for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters all over the world. And that's today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Hermeneutics A vital part of biblical hermeneutics is an understanding of genre. One genre we find in Scripture is prophecy. Prophetic books record God's warnings to Israel and other nations of the consequences of continued rebellion against Him and the blessings waiting those who trust Him for salvation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This war isn't over. This is Wretched Radio as our politicians go about the business of trying to encourage you to vote for them. Please note there is not a single one who is pro-life. Well, you say, well, a couple of them are more pro-life. No, they're less pro-abortion. Because the second you say that there are exceptions or that we can do some aborting up to a certain number of weeks, you are not pro-life. You are pro-abortion to varying degrees. And that means no matter who the next president is, as as best we can do at the moment, it'll be the least pro-abortion president is all we can hope for at this point. The war continues on the streets, and on the internet. That is, boy, I got to tell you, the battlefield has shifted. It is definitely happening on the street level. Make no mistake about it. But the internet, it's like it's like a new front opened up, and we got to be there. 29, this is a headline from Christian Post, 29 of 36 women maintain pregnancies after taking abortion pill reversal. Why? Because so many women are taking the abortion pill. You can order it. Let's hope the Supreme Court puts the end to that, where you simply get sent pills from cross-country or who knows where to, to terminate the life of your child. How did these reversals happen? Well, a woman somehow found a life center, and 29 out of 36 women maintained pregnancies after taking abortion pill reversal. That's where the war is, and Preborn is in the fight. I encourage you to support that ministry. It is holistic. They preach the gospel. They preach life, free ultrasounds, free resources, and even helping women take abortion pill reversal medication so that their babies will live if you cherish life and would like to participate on the battlefield for babies. Preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. And whilst you're at the internet, send stuff to idea at wretched.org. All right, this one is from, this is a text coming in from Kyle. Todd, when Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Does this mean that when we sin, we essentially don't love Jesus enough? If our affection grew so great for Christ, could we essentially stop sinning altogether? I'm done. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. The, uh, that, that could not have been more perfectly capsulated. Sinning is a worship issue. 
Sinning is an obedience issue. Sinning is a priority issue. Sinning is an affection issue. I think we talked about this yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, because we talked about this on Sunday morning at the church Jimmy doesn't go to, <laughs> Alpharetta Bible Church, about Jesus resisting temptation, and that you and I, in the moment of temptation, which isn't a sin, we have a choice to make. And I do believe this gives us power. It's the right power. It's exactly what Kyle said. I grow in my love for Jesus. I grow in my hatred for sin. It is as simple as that. So every time I don't sin, I should offer it up and say, Lord, I am choosing you. I am worshiping you. I love you more than that. Thank you for giving me the strength to do that. All right, I'm thinking of 1 John, uh, probably 4, 3 and 4, that, that if, you, if you say you love God, but you don't keep his commandments, uh, you're, you're not loving God. Now, please note, it doesn't mean that you're not a believer. It means that in that crucial moment of making a decision about what am I going to do with this urging, it is a, it's a love issue. And when you choose wrongly, you're saying, I love something more. At this moment, Lord, I love something more than you. Can you think of anything in the world that we love more than our Lord and our master? A pile of money? A Lamborghini? We love that more than the, they don't even come close. Lord, I am choosing you. This sin, this dirty deed, and my, my propensity to fill in the blank, be angry, be anxious, be gossipy, be covetous. Ah, lower things, lower things. I don't love those. I love you. So grow in your love for the Lord and you will grow in your hatred for sin and you will have more and more victory. Got it? Kyle, you killed it. Absolutely killed it. Keep sending texts to 877-282-2337. All right. This is another text that's come in from Gabe. Todd, could you please explain the big O and small O orthodoxy? No. Well, I can explain the small O. <laughs> small O. So we're not talking about an entity, a person, place, or thing, or a proper name. Well, we're talking about a description of what is inside of the bounds of genuine Christianity, and what's outside. And so what, what are the theologies that make you inside of the bounds of being small o orthodox? Well, it'd be the five solas, the trinity, the divinity of Jesus Christ, the doctrine of justification, salvation by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. And th those, are, those are orthodoxy issues that will determine if somebody is going to hear, well done, or depart from me, that's small o orthodoxy. I can define that. Capital O, or, capital o orthodoxy. <laughs> Honestly, I haven't found a capital O orthodox Christian who can tell me what that means. A number of years ago, don't know if you'll recall, this was down at the University of Georgia, Athens, walking through the student center. And there was a booth set up with, a, with, a, with an Eastern Orthodox priest, really nice guy. And I sat down with him to say, could you please explain to me capital O Orthodox Christianity? And he did. 
and my head was reeling. But did you did, did but but I you said that no oh no you didn't mean but you Tim especially regarding the doctrine of justification. So can I define it? The answer is no. I can't help but wonder if that isn't by design. Nevertheless, because of the doctrine of justification, there are many other distinctions. The iconography, those, the, 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 the reverence of the clergy, uh, their, 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 their view of the Bible and the mingling of tradition and experience. Those are all issues that are really hard to understand. But the one that I land on to go, is this capital O Orthodox faith, small o Orthodox? And because of the doctrine of justification, I have to conclude it's not. I'd prefer that it, that it were, but I don't think that it is. Furthermore, I've seen Orthodoxy. Have you ever been to Eastern Europe? Look, we, we want to be careful that when we see somebody worship in a way that is a bit foreign to us, that we don't automatically conclude they're not like us, uh, they're not with us. It, it Christian worship can manifest itself differently in different cultures, and there can be varying degrees of those expressions to boot. But if you if you watch the the repetition the mere formality, it just, it doesn't look like the, the cliche that is still true for evangelicals, that Christianity is about a relationship with our God. Now, that goes back to Kyle's question. This, this is about loving God because God loves us, not just bowing and kissing and sprinkling and going through Rituals. It's a very ritualistic system. So I can't tell you all of the distinctions and differences because, frankly, it is just too hard for me to get my head around. But until somebody presents to me a statement on the doctrine of justification that the Orthodox Church believes that is actually within the bounds of biblical small o Orthodox Christianity, I think it's a system that we need to avoid. Got that document? Send it to ideaatwretched.org. All right, this next question is from Richard. Todd, uh, why did the prophet Daniel pray with his windows open? <laughs> if we are to pray in secret, are we are we to pray in public at only certain times? It might have been a hot day. <laughs> Just need a little circulation. I'm not sure about this, but my speculation on why the windows open, I'm sure he was bowing toward Jerusalem, uh, that his prayers had to be aimed there, and this would be an obstruction between him and Jerusalem. So I suspect that is what is going on. Would I read a detail like that and say that is normative? Absolutely not. Furthermore, our prayers aren't aimed to Jerusalem. They're aimed at God through Jesus Christ. He's the one who makes our prayers pleasing to the Lord. By the way, that's what he's doing right now. Right? What's my master up to? He's praying for you. He's interceding on your behalf. So is the Holy Spirit, by the way. Just so we don't leave the third person off of the table with groanings too loud for us to understand from the depths. A groaning 
for you. Do you remember the, the statement? If you could hear the Holy Spirit pray for you for one minute, you'd never be afraid of anything ever again. This is Wretched Radio. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked, and I said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats. They get materials that they learn the Bible. They memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Well, 2024 is a crucial election year. The sanctity of life is at the forefront. And while we do celebrate the overturning of Roe, we cannot ignore the surge of pro-choice voices. They are persuasive, but we can and should be more convincing. We have to stand firm, not only in our beliefs, but also in the understanding of the gospel to change hearts and minds. Pro-choice advocates rally voters with misleading arguments. And as Christians, it is our duty to counter these narratives with truth and compassion. Remember, this is not only about politics. It's about protecting the lives of the unborn. The debate has shifted to when instead of should, and now it's time to refocus this conversation. Equip your family and your church with Life is Best, a 13-lesson series that's not just powerful, but a call to action. Order your free digital download and streaming version from the Wretched Store right now. It's available for free during the month of January. You have until January 31st, and we, together, Together can make a difference. So you aren't convinced of the importance of training godly men to rightly divide the word of truth in churches internationally? Well then, we'll let Paul Washer convince you. You have to support men who are elder qualified proclaimers of the word. When we support a man coming out of TMAI, we know not only that he is properly trained, but we know that he will still be supervised. Would you please join TMAI, the Master's Academy International, in advancing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through expository preaching in local churches around the the globe. It's a magnificent ministry and it's so important. Please consider partnering with TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for supporting indigenous pastors around the world. Attributes of God. God is omniscient meaning he knows all things. He knows all things past, present, and future. God does not learn new information, and nothing takes him by surprise. He knows what will happen, and is working all things for his glory, and the good of those who love him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Wow! 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 I'm like a... 
a duffing golfer. Frankly, is there any other kind except the ones on TV? This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, we're talking about Eastern Orthodoxy and how it is outside of small O Orthodoxy. And of course, it's the dominant religion in Eastern Europe. And we've seen in many nations the oppressive hand of Orthodox Christianity. Jimmy, can you think of a ministry we love to talk about here in Eastern Europe that shares the gospel and justification correctly? Um, tomorrow clubs? Yep. <laughs> Swing and a miss. Please consider supporting the Tomorrow Clubs. Excellent ministry. They do preach the gospel of grace in far-flung places. I'm telling you, they're reaching towns, these little villages. Can you call them a town? These little villages with the gospel. You, you need to see the video. Go to tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Go watch the videos. Go, go see what's going on. It'll bring joy to your heart. And if you can support that ministry, for a child to come weekly, hear the gospel, get love done, get a couple of treats, $1 per child per, not week, per month. If nothing else, Tomorrow Clubs is a good deal. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, 877-282-2337. All right, this one is from Anonymous. Uh, Todd is a private covenant between a man and a woman still valid in God's eyes, even without a public ceremony or church or government recognition. Considering that marriage is fundamentally between a man and woman in God, can one be in mar a marriage union privately and not sin? Well, the, the, the one who seals that, covenant, if you will, is the Lord. But witnesses, those who can testify, uh, that that's a biblical theme that we see for people who are being put on trial. There need to be a couple of witnesses for covenantal ceremonies. They typically were very public. They were usually also followed by, guess what? A reception. That's where we get this whole wedding shebang in Western civilization. It's based on biblical covenant. So would I say that if you get married, you're, you got to have a witness because somebody's got to, if you will, perform the ceremony. It's a covenantal ceremony. And, but somebody's got to do it. Now, let's just say a man and a woman were on a deserted island and they wanted to get married. Could they do it in the eyes of the Lord without a witness? Sure. And it would be valid because of the Lord. But the biblical pattern points us toward having witnesses. Now, as far as the government goes, well, I'll tell you, if it takes the government somehow sanctioning the marriage, then for centuries, people weren't actually married because it had nothing to do with the government. Even in America, that marriage was left to individuals, not the government. Government took an interest in it because it knew that this institution was good for society. And so we don't need the government. Now, if you want the government's permission, you want to get a license because you want the benefits of tax breaks, joint filings, feel free. But we don't need the government to say, I do. 
idea at wretched.org, 877-282-2337. All right, this one is uh, a text from Mary. Todd, how do you lovingly talk to someone who says they're a Christian but believes pornography is just someone's art and to stop the production of it would be hindering someone's freedom? Well, actually, it might set some people free. Because pornography puts women in bondage, and you're participating in that system. I, I, I don't know the person to whom you're speaking, but that's lame. That's just lame. That's an individual trying to justify what they are likely doing in private. I would bring them to the Sermon on the Mount. You've heard it said of old, thou shall not commit adultery. I say, look at a woman with lust. You've committed adultery in your heart. The end. 877-282-2337. You know, I, Jimmy, I think that there are actually some Christian counselors. That's different than biblical counseling. And by the way, Transform Season 3. I'm going to be out very, very soon. I believe in a week or two. And ne- nevertheless, I think that there are some Christian counselors who do recommend pornography for couples because it could help the marriage in that regard. Paging pragmatism, we don't sin for what we perceive to be a benefits. Mm. 877-282-2337. All right, this is an anonymous text. Uh, he's asking, Todd, what degree would you recommend to someone who was going into ministry? What degree? Degree, like seminary degree. Uh, th- what do I recommend? There's a lot of recommendations. There are there are a number of good seminaries that you can go to. I have always immediately think of the Master Seminary, of course, in California. There's the Shepherd Seminary. There's the Expositor Seminary. There's you can, you got yourself options, and you can go. Please note, this is an aside. If you go to seminary, make sure you're not studying to become a pastor. You go well. That's the whole point of going. That's the wrong focus. If you are studying your faith and your God. As if you're in medicine or architecture, not the point. Go to seminary to grow in your knowledge and love for the Lord Jesus Christ, and then apply that to your people when you go into pastoral ministry. But seminary isn't the only way that you can get trained. You you can go, you can just get discipled. This is something I think the church really needs to think about a little bit more. What would happen if in a church, let's say the church started to identify young men to say, I think they've got the gifting and worked with those kids and discipled those kids and 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 and, and gave them increasing responsibility. And then those people, as they grew up, became the pastors inside of the church. So discipleship Absolutely. After all, isn't that the model we see in Matthew chapter 4? He calls disciples and he discipled them. So that system is still entirely valid. Now we've got the seminary, and there, there's, there's lots of pros to the seminary experience. There are some downsides, but there's lots of pros. Same thing is true with discipleship. You pick. All right, this one is from Gina. Todd, which Bible should I give to a baby Christian? The um, The Holy Bible. We're we're not talking. Yeah, we're not we're not talking about like an eight month old. We're talking about somebody who's new Christian. Right, right. A study a MacArthur study Bible. You pick your favorite translation. On, On 
I think NASB, ESV, New King James Version, you're doing just fine. Pick any of those, but get them a MacArthur Study Bible because they will be able to look down and figure out the stuff that maybe confuses them on their first read. I recommend this all the time. If you've never done this, I'm, I challenge you, even if you're not a baby Christian, you're a meat eater, get yourself a MacArthur Study Bible and read through the entire New Testament, one book at a time, in any order, at your own pace, but read every single footnote as you go, and I promise you, you're going to know more than most pastors when you're done. Idea at wretched.org. Hey, Todd. Hey, Jimmy. Are you going to be in Beaufort, South Carolina anytime soon? You're going to tell me who sent in that email, Jimmy? <laughs> Anonymous. Does his name rhyme with Jimmy? No. You sent me a... <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes, Jimmy, I am going to be in Beaufort, South Carolina. Thank you so much to the person who sent that question in. You're welcome. I can't wait. I'm going to be encouraged. I know I'm, I'm going there to speak and preach, but I'm going to be encouraged because I am encouraged. Every time I get to go to Beaufort, South Carolina, you put, I don't think Beaufort can have more than 10, 12,000 people, give or take. And it's not a dense population. It's just kind of a sprawling place. And you pull up to this church and you have to conclude, well, it's a prosperity church. It's too big to be anything. It is not. It is a Bible teaching church. It's a Be it's community Bible church in Beaufort. Massive facility because Carl Brogy, he's been so faithful preaching the Bible every single week and the Lord has blessed it. And I pull up and I'm encouraged. Jesus is building his church. If and you happen to be in Beaufort, February 9 and 11, I don't know that I'm supposed to talk about the banquet. So if I'm not supposed to, pay no attention to this. But the banquet is, is Friday night at Community Bible Church, but they won't let you come unless you bring an unsafe friend. See, there you go. That's Carl. Right there. That's Beaufort. That is, that is that church. They're so evangelistic. Maybe that, hey, I don't know. Maybe that's why the church is growing because they're evangelistic. And then I get to preach Sunday morning, which is quite a, honestly an awe-some privilege on February 11th. So if you're anywhere near Beaufort, you're listening on WWAGP. Fellas at WAGP, please feel free to just use that as your new jingle. Would love to see you in Beaufort. And thanks for sending in that question. And until tomorrow, <laughs> go serve your king.